What's up? What's up with it? You're listening to the Bad Cow Podcast, where no cow is too big and no beef is too small. I'm your host, Lindsay May Be Bad. This show features adult content and adult language, so listener discretion is advised. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. What's up? What's up with it, everybody? Welcome to the Bad Cow Podcast show. First things first, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to the returning listeners who came back, the new listeners who stopped by. You both chose to have me in your speakers today, and I really appreciate it. As always, I hope you enjoy today's badness. Here we go. Supported everybody. Happy Wednesday. This is Women's Wednesday number nine. And today is March 8th, 2023. Last week we talked about my mom. Arguably, arguably my most favorite woman ever in life. And today, we're going to talk about somebody who's been long gone. Oh, stop it with the New York, Lindsay. Yeah, she was, she had passed before I was even born, but not only by like eight years. And this lady, I don't know how her name and her face isn't as popular as Marilyn Monroe's or any other former figure in the spotlight. Because when they talk about pioneers, when they talk about people breaking ceilings for others to or breaking down doors for other people to walk in or get their foot in the door or whatever the fucking phrases are. I don't know why this woman's name doesn't come up more. Because in all honesty, I don't see anybody else who broke down more barriers for women at all in Hollywood. Today we're going to talk about Mae West. Very controversial figure for her time. Um, I actually learned about Mae West prior to doing this show. Although a lot of the people I do for this show... I don't do much research on because they are either current people who I can just talk to or the people I know. But this lady can't go have a one-to-one -one with her. Hang on. I'm looking for my lighter because I need to smoke some marijuana. And actually, Miss Mae West's original name at birth was Mary Jane. Love her every fact I hear. Really. Like, I, tr everything I learn about her, I just love her a little bit more because she's that dope. But yeah, I... Uh, Although I did research her for this episode, I actually knew about her back in high school. We were studying, you know, the Roaring Thirties or whatever the fuck in our history class. And uh, we all had to pick a topic or a person to focus in on for a presentation we were going to have to give that semester. And I chose Mae West for no other reason, really, because I knew nothing about her at the time. I chose her because of the way she spelled her name, Mae. She spells it the same way I do. Kindred spirits, I think we are. Um, and then when I saw pictures of her, I was like, oh, perfect. She looks fucking dope. She's platinum blonde, curvy figure, big old titties. And that's mostly what she was known for was her looks, her sexiness, her sex appeal, her seductive ways on camera, her very risque career that she had. Because you got to think back, back in that time period, you know, it was it was kind of... <clears throat> Risky if you were a bitch that wore a dress that was short enough to show your fucking ankles, right? That was kind of, mm, floozy. Women had those short Bob Butch haircuts, like. But uh, Miss May definitely, she set the tone, I think, for women in Hollywood after that were to follow after her because for many reasons. Really, I think what most people remember her for is her sex appeal. She was always doing something sex-related. It was sex, 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 sex. But there's so much more to this woman. So much more. I think the reason she lasted in Hollywood so long, for like seven decades, this lady was working, okay? And I, I attribute that to 
you know, what was inside her head. Because this lady was smart and sexy. Talk about the package deal, right? So let's go back to the beginning. So Mae West was born Mary Jane West in Brooklyn, New York in 1893. She was in performance type activities from a young age. Apple of her mother's eye. She always knew she wanted to be in show business. She starred in a lot of uh, stage performances like theater and vaudeville, which is like where you get on there and you do everything, right? You fucking juggle, you backflips, you sing, you whatever. Like the Charlie Chaplin cane and you do the Charleston and shit like that. She did all that. But then, you know, she kind of wanted to branch out and do her own thing. And sex sells, people. That was her first smart move. She understood that the world was run by men. And men like fucking pretty bitches that set, like that, fuck, that put out, that talk about sex. They love them. Basic creatures men are. And she played right into what they wanted. And then once she was in the door, her, you know, she stayed. I think back then a lot of what we saw, not we, I wasn't there. But a lot of what was in Hollywood or on film at the time was, it was either silent films. And women were always kind of in these damsel in distress type roles, you know. Man had to come and save her. Shit, she was probably in some arranged marriage that, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck movies were about back then. But I know that there was some extreme censorship. I mean, if you look back at I Love Lucy shows like that where... They show married couples not even in the same bed. If they ever show like a bedroom scene where they're about to go to sleep, fucking married couples are in like separate twin beds on screen. You know, because they didn't just want to rot the morals of the youth and the family fucking entertainment business, right? And Mae West, she towed the line heavily as far as what would be acceptable for stage, what would be acceptable for the screen, She was incredibly intelligent when it came to how she used her words and double entendres. And uh, most of you, I'm sure, have heard some famous phrase or one-liner that you can credit her for without, and you probably didn't even know it. When on the intro to my show, on this show, Bad Cow Podcast, my intro, there's a, when I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. That is Mae West. That is her. Literally, that's her voice. That is her. Uh, She coined phrases like, is that a gun in your pocket or you're just happy to see me? And that's how she always talked. Very smooth, very like oily slick, kind of like that with the this kind of contralto type voice, like where it's it's obviously feminine, but she's very mom, mama. Like, I just love it. Um, And she starred in a shit ton of movies, like 17, most of them which she wrote the screenplays for herself. That's what I mean by she was so smart. She knew exactly how she wanted to be portrayed and represented in her work, and she made sure of it. Again, she was competing with some heavy censorship, though. There was one uh, play that she wrote simply called Sex <laughs> that she got criminal charges for. Like, she had to go to jail for that shit for, like, 10 days. But, you know, she was famous. And when she was in jail, she didn't have to wear the regular inmate attire. The fucking warden and his wife took her out to dinner every night. She went to jail and wore her, you know, incarceration as a badge of honor for being somebody that just kind of wanted to make sex fun and more... Uh, desensitized. And not only was she just a little sex rabbit, but she also liked to include concepts and people that weren't necessarily accepted by the general population. Like, 
biracial relationships or homosexuals or drag queens. Like, she loved all that shit. She brought a lot of that to the forefront more than anybody else of her time. A lot of what we see now today is being so progressive. She fucking started the train on that, I'm telling you. She was known in Hollywood as the bad girl with a heart of gold. God, I wish I could have had just half of her fucking talent because she had so much to spare. And her, her, her beliefs that all people are equal and that we shouldn't be judgmental about anybody or how they live their life, especially by what they do in the bedroom, it just really came through in almost all of her work and all of her personal relationships too. There was a story about how she was dating this black guy who I think was a boxer. But the apartment building she lived in, in L.A., they didn't allow black people in there. And her way of fixing that was not to get mad. She didn't start some fucking protest that, you know, wasn't going to lead anywhere. She didn't do some big movement or some fucking picket sign thing where we're going to sign a petition. No, she just bought the whole fucking building and changed the rules. <laughs> Eat that, bitch. Let my hung-ass black boyfriend in here. I love it. She included African-American people in her films, in her plays, along with drag queens and along with homosexuals. She was all fucking for it. And despite her not really... Well, you know what I heard in a lot of documentaries that I watched just in the past couple days researching her? There were so many people who were like, you know, she wasn't particularly pretty and she was a large character. First of all, she was fucking pretty. I don't care what anybody says. She may not have had that soft, elegant Grace Kelly look, but she was still fucking pretty. And yes, she was curvy, but she wasn't some giant-ass big bitch. Like, I think she just wasn't the frail, mosquito-bite titty bitch that we were all used to, you know? She was what made curves... She's, like, you know how people say she brought curves back? No, this this bitch just brought curves, like, for the first time, I think. I don't know if they were ever a big thing then. Because she was super voluptuous. She filled her dresses and left zero room in them. She always had real low-cut ones and just real hourglass figure gowns that went all the way to the floor. And she wore big-ass heels and fucking hella diamonds. She was just always looking dope. Like, just always looking super flashy. I guess... Uh, what people say was that her apartment was all white and all gold with mirrors fucking everywhere, including her bedroom on the ceiling on the side. She just and when they asked her why she did that, she said, I want to see how I'm doing. She was just so scandalous and so controversial. I just love it because she made her whole seven decade career out of that. A lot of people do stuff like that, like, you know, Cardi B or Megan The Stallion or whatever. People that are really like just all raunchy and shit. But Mae West kind of did it in a very in a very classy way. One, probably because of the censorships. I wonder if the censorships hadn't been there, if she would have been a little bit more in your face about it. But the way she did it, not only got men on her side, because that's who she needed in order to be successful. She needed men to like her, especially the ones in the industry that were going to be paying her and running the studios that she was going to work in. But she wasn't necessarily threatening to other women. That's why women loved her. Because not only was she playing all the men for fools, but she was standing up for herself. She was doing her her whole life was her, built on her success. There was no man. I mean, I think, actually, she was married once when she was young, but she never got married again after that. She did not want to be tied down. She was quoted as saying, marriage is a wonderful institution, and I'm not ready for an institution. She just has so many great things, so many fucking funny answers. She was just so clever and witty and talented, really. And although I think a lot of her, her intelligence is overshadowed by her sex appeal and her being known for just her uh, exploits as, as intimacy, bringing that to the forefront or to the public and having it be more of a common conversation than people were used to back then. 
She was just so smart. I love that she was liked by both men and women. I love that she supported gays and African-Americans and drags. And I mean, she was just an all around. Everybody loved her. Um, there was one part of the documentary where they talked about Paramount Films basically only being able to stay open because of the films she was making. They were the only box office hits. She was the highest paid employee at Paramount Pictures. The highest. Higher than the fucking owner, I think, one part of the documentary said. Um, at the end of this clip, I am going to include a little, couple of her little one-liners because they're just so funny. I read one that said, men are like laminate floors. You lay them right, you can walk all over them for years. <laughs> Bitch. That's some savage shit right there. Ah! The more I learn about her, I just want to know more and more and more, and I wish she was still alive. She died in 1980. She damn near lived almost 100 fucking years. She was like 80-something. It said that she had a stroke and fell when she was getting out of bed. and But she lived comfortably until the day she died. She did have a companion. Um, and he's a fuck. He's a famous guy, too. And he wasn't famous until he met her. But a lot of people that she interacted with, they, they were nobodies until they... they had the experience of working with her. She's what put them on the map. She's what put Paramount Pictures on the map and stayed in business. And like I said earlier, she, she, if she didn't like the rules somewhere, she just bought the motherfucking place and changed them. Love it. In almost any interview or any movie you see, she doesn't really get too uh, emotional or real excitable. She's very calm and very cool the whole time. She had this power walk strut anytime she went anywhere. And she was just so clever and, oh, I could gush about her all day. I would just tell you all her little famous one-liners right now because they're so fucking funny, but I am, I'm just going to include them at the end because she says them better than I do. But if you don't know any more about her and you want to, fucking go look her up because she's totally worth your whatever time on YouTube that you spend looking at other dipshit stuff. She's amazing. I don't know why Marilyn Monroe is splattered everywhere and not Mae West. Mae West is the one who was fucking just as, if not more, successful. And she did it her way, no matter what. Without a man, if anything, she walked all over the men while she was getting what she wanted. Women loved her. Everybody loved her. I mean, there was just really no downside to her. She wasn't a mean person. She just ran her shit. She did her shit. She stole the show in every film she was in. If she wasn't the lead role, nobody else remembers anybody else that was in that film, even if she wasn't a lead. She was that eye-catching and jaw-dropping and worth all the awe and praise that she got. And I think she's still worth it. I'm so kind of—it's not that I don't like Marilyn Monroe. But there were times where she was a little pitiful, right? She had a sad kind of story that kind of came out in different manifestations during her career and especially towards the end. I mean, Mae West rocked it. And didn't nobody rock her. She rocked them. Come up and see me sometime. Like, she just... What I, what I find brilliant about her is she really... She knew how that it was a man's world. She was going to have to play into their game at some point, but she did it in a way where she was still in control. She gave the illusion as if the men were in control, but she was running the show. And none of them saw it. That's the best way to be successful. That's really having power. For example, as I said before, there was a lot of big, strict censorships, for, especially for film. That, you know, They weren't showing no ass and titties on film, and they weren't even showing married couples in the same bed. But she wrote all her own scripts, all her own screenplays, because nobody could write for Mae West as good as she could. And now she knows... That whatever script she turns in, they're going to cut a whole bunch of scenes off top. She knows this, right? So instead of trying to kind of chip away at what she thinks is going to be too risque, what she thinks are going to be things that they're going to cut, she added a whole shit ton more in there, knowing that they were going to cut a whole bunch out. That way, the ones that she really wanted to keep 
would remain in the script. And those little freaking add-ins that she did, those were the only ones that got cut. She gave them the, the illusion that they were in control when really she was playing them like a motherfucking fiddle. She was so smart. She wrote novels and screenplays and scripts and shit tons of stuff, man. Poems and shit. I mean, she was just so doggone intelligent. She got a beautiful brain on top of them tiggo bitties and curvy ass butt. And, you know, I think a lot of her attributes were overshadowed, like I said, by her sexiness and her, her, uh, just her lack of real, she just had no fear. God, and I wish we saw that more often in a way that wasn't so offensive because that was her. Although, like, some of her, some of her, sure, her movies or her, her content of her movies or the topic or the subject matter, of course, sex is a little bit risque, especially for back in the fucking 30s. But for most people who were still going to speakeasies and bootlegging and shit, they could totally relate with what she was talking about with the characters that she played. And then there were the intellectuals who could look at her and think, oh, my God, there's so much more to her. I mean, she just appealed to everybody. She really did. And look at here now. It's fucking 2023 and I'm still gushing about this bitch. Ah, I wish I could have met her. Anyways, check her out. Look her up. She's worth it. And now let's listen to some one-liners from Mae West. Who's the best? Better than the rest. That's all I got. All right. Did we ask what types of men you prefer? Just two, domestic and foreign. <laughs> Won't you tell us where you're stopping during your visit here? Stopping at nothing. <laughs> Well, when I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. I see a man in your life. What, only one? I changed my mind. Does it work any better? Well, when I'm caught between two evils, I generally like to take the one I never tried. Now, take care of these men. Yes, give them all my address. Well, I am delighted I have heard so much about you. Yeah, but you can't prove it. Haven't you ever met a man that can make you happy? Sure. Lots of times. What kind of husband does you think I should get? Mm, I should take a single man, leave the husbands alone. Oh, I can always tell a lady when I see one. Yeah, what do you tell them? I had a shooter lion once. Really? Was he mad? Well, he wasn't exactly pleased about it. <laughs> oh, you were wonderful tonight. I'm always wonderful at night. <laughs> Aren't you forgetting that you're married? I'm doing my best. What's a good of resistant temptation? I'll always be more. Well, I wish you'd forget your principles, Ruby. I must have you. Your golden hair, your fascinating eyes, an alluring smile, and lovely arms. Your form divine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this a proposal or are you take an inventory? You certainly know the way to a man's heart. Mm, funny, too, because I don't know how to cook. I'm sorry you think more of your diamonds than you do of your soul. I'm sorry you think more of my soul than you do of my diamonds. <laughs> I'll never forget you. No one ever does. Well, it's better to be looked over than overlooked. <laughs> Great town, St. Louis. You were born there? Yes. What part? All of me. You know I've been mad about you from the first time I laid eyes on you. Well, you're my whole world. What do you want to do, drive me to a madhouse? No, oh, I'll call you a taxi. Young lady, are you trying to show contempt for this court? No, I'm doing my best to hide it. I wonder what kind of a woman you really are. Too bad, but I can't give out samples. I should go up sometimes, see me. Love her. What's up? What's up with it? 
Okay, so for those of you who are new here, this is the part of the show where I insert a sponsored ad for my podcast platform, Anchor by Spotify, telling you how great they are for anyone who is thinking of starting a podcast. But fuck that. Let me explain. Anchor by Spotify offers paid sponsorships for shows that reach a certain amount of listeners. They call it an ambassador ad, and it pays dick. And not the good dick. It's that limp, soft dick that leaves you feeling used and unsatisfied. Then they really make you feel like a hoe when they tell you that your ad expired because you reached too many listeners. What the fuck? That's when they tell you try different monetization strategies, like asking your listeners to pay for subscriptions. How thoughtful of them, right? (laughs) Don't worry. I am not going to ask my audience to foot the bill in this fuckery. Because you see, whether or not my show is heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else, my hosting platform still gets promotion whether I have some asshat ambassador ad or not. So if this is the standard set by the industry, then think of me as a podcast pioneer who refuses to make pimping easy for these corporate bastards. Instead, I think I'll just shit on them in every episode I publish until I decide on a different platform to host from. (laughs) As always, thanks for listening and uh, let's get back to the show. All right, everybody, that about wraps it up for today. We got another one in the books. Thank you again so much for your listening support. I can't tell you how much it means to me. If you ever want to shout me out or come see what else I'm up to when I'm not in your speakers, feel free. I'm on Instagram at Bad Cow Podcast, Facebook on Bad Cow Podcast Show. And if you ever want to reach me directly, you can do so at badcowpodcastshow at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. Bye. Uh-huh.